UPN Tuesday on an all-new Buffy. Buffy? <laughs> Buffy Summers? All over town. You're really dead. They're seeing dead people. Here we go. It's Buffy's Night of the Living Dead. Everyone's got issues. Welcome to Cool Monster Fighter, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes, Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is Season 7, Episode 7, Conversations with Dead People. We'll be talking about the plot, we'll be talking about characters, and we'll also be talking about what Nick Mark, Jane Espenson, Drew Goddard, Danny Strong, and Tom Lank think about this episode. So, spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, the comics, and possibly other shows and and movies. Beat me fans, I'm here to podcast, not to judge you. Are, are you here to podcast? I mean, I'm here to, to squeak <laughs> for Puberty an hour. is treating you dirty. <laughs> <laughs> stupid, stupid me. Uh, welcome back. Hello, my name is Kelly. Uh, it's still me. It's still the same person that hosts this podcast. It's not a different person. Uh, and I'm also joined by my wonderful co-host, Stacia. Say hello. Hi. I don't think that you should assume that there wouldn't be new listeners tuning in to episode seven of season seven of a podcast. That is historically where you start. I mean, uh, God bless anyone that starts from the beginning from our podcast, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And my other co-host, Daniel, say hello. From beneath you, it devours. Not it. Me. I mean, beat yeah. me. Beat me pod. Sorry. Beat me pod. <laughs> Not it. Beat me. Uh, and we're, we're here to talk about Conversations with Dead People, which uh, originally aired on November 12th of the year 2002. Written by Jane Espenson, Andrew Goddard. Uh, 19 of 23 for Jane. Last was same time, same place. Next will be the next episode of Sleeper, uh, which I think she co-writes with David Fury. Wow. And uh, two of five for Drew Goddard. Last was selfish. Self, selfish, selfless, uh, and the next will be Never Leave Me, which is episode nine. Um, directed by Nick Mark. This is the last episode for Nick Mark for the series. Uh, the one before this was Beneath You. So say goodbye to Nick Mark. It's been real. Say bye. Okay. That's uh, that's all bye. the stuff I say at the beginning. I'm pretty sure. Stacia, you want to tell me what happened in this episode? Uh, let's break this down by character in order of appearance. November 12th, 2002. Angie Hart fell into the moon and covered you in blue. (laughs) (laughs) November 12th, 2002. Buffy walks sadly alone in the cemetery. Buffy stops in front of a freshly dug grave. A hand pops forth and Buffy says, here we go. Buffy fights the littlest bad before realizing it's a former peer from Sunnydale High. Webbs, because that's a normal name. (laughs) After a walk down memory road, Webbs asks what Buffy is doing in a cemetery with a stake and a cross. She explains her whole deal and Webb picks up on Buffy feeling a little disconnected, which is immediately shown as we pan to Buffy's phone on the ground ringing from a call from Dawn, which she misses. (laughs) Buffy is now laying across a grave as Webbs questions whether Buffy is trying to protect herself by picking people that are unavailable. Buffy teaches Webbs a new word and he suddenly realizes that their arch nemesis sees and will fight to the death. Buffy looks a little down and Webb asks, is it because we're going to fight? And Buffy answers, it's because I'm going to win. She's not wrong. <laughs> Webb's requests to ask a question before they fight. And once again, they're deep diving into Buffy's past and her parents' relationship. Webb theorizes before 
picking up a Virgin Mary statue and then slaps Buffy across the face. They fight before smashing through a stained glass window in a crypt. Buffy stops before staking webs to gloat and he once again shrinks his her head. She punches him in the face before starting a rant about how all vampires are all sex and death and violence. Webbs adroitly asks if Buffy's last relationship was with a vampire. Buffy muses that she slept with Spike because she wanted to be punished. Webbs announces that she has a superiority complex and an inferiority complex about it. Webbs says it's okay because everyone is alone until they die. Buffy thanks him for listening. Once Webbs realizes the vampire they're talking about is Spike, he laughs because guess who sired him? Then Buffy stakes him. November 12th, 2002. (laughs) Spike sits sadly alone in the bronze. A blonde woman approaches him at the bar. They walk home together. Spike bites her and then lets her lifeless body drop to the ground before turning to face the camera. Vamp face engaged and licks blood off his lips. Uh Uh-oh. November 12th, 2002. (laughs) Willow sits sadly alone in the library. Cassie rounds the corner and Willow comments that it's weird she's here because she's dead dead. Cassie says she has a message from Tara. Well, first she just cryptically says, she says she still sings. Rosenberg brings out her most touching cry face. Cassie says that Willow's not allowed to see Tara because she's a murderer. Willow doesn't question this bizarre logic, but calls out into the library that she misses Tara. (laughs) Willow says that she has a giant hole inside her that's not getting better. Cassie tells her it can get better. Willow regrets her evil choices, and Cassie says it was the power. Willow says she is the power. Cassie tells her that Tara needs her to never use magic again, ever, at all, not any spell. You gotta stop her, you're gonna destroy the world. Willow isn't sure, but Cassie keeps pushing. Cassie implies that if Willow can't stop using magic, there's another solution, one that will reunite her with Tara. This finally clues in the smartest person on the show that maybe, just maybe, (laughs) she's not talking to someone acting as Tara's avatar. Cassie harumphs, musing on what Willow's suicide would look like before leaning over the table and threatening her. She's over good versus evil, balancing the scales, and she's here to go out with a bang, not with a whimper. Willow whispers, from beneath you, it devours. For Cassie to respond, oh, not it, me. She smiles creepily, and then the smile gets bigger, and then, oh, God, her whole face is a mouth, and then her mouth swallows the rest of her body and disappears like some fucked-up Cheshire cat. (laughs) Those two frames, she was, like, bouncing back and forth between is really, really jarring. (laughs) Not good. November 12th, 2002. Again? Dawn comes sadly alone to her house to find a note from Buffy that says, Everyone's out and don't order pizza. Next scene is a montage of Dawn eating pizza while singing, getting sauce on a white shirt of Buffy's, and accidentally shooting a crossbow into the wall and microwaving a marshmallow to jazzy, upbeat salsa music. If I didn't know better, I'd think she was drunk. (laughs) Dawn's watching a black and white movie while getting marshmallow all over herself. And the phone. Embarrassing. A loud thumping interrupts her. The front door bursts open, and then Dawn can't turn off the TV. She unplugs it to no avail. The music starts up again, and Dawn does the only thing she can do, which is to start breaking all of their home appliances with an axe. (laughs) The microwave explodes, and then Joyce's ghostly voice comes from within the radio. Dawn then calls Buffy in a panic. I know you won't believe this, but Buffy doesn't answer. <laughs> the thumping gets worse, and Dawn resorts to her trademark high-pitched shriek, which seems to work for a little bit. Dawn decides to get all ghost huntery and tells the spirit to bang once for yes and twice for now. The spirit reveals that it's Joyce, and she's not okay. There's another spirit with her. There. An evil spirit. Mom? The bad spirit does the heavy breathing thing before the power flashes and goes out. Dawn can see Joyce laying on the couch, how she died with a dark figure crouched over her. Dawn reaches for the axe, but it slices towards her. She dodges and almost runs out of the house before getting a second wind. Dawn begins the ritual to cast the evil spirit from the house and cut 
and cuts materialize on her face and arms. The front windows explode. Dawn faces down the house, Hurricane, and screams her highest pitched scream ever. And the spirit explodes and disappears, leaving Dawn collapsed on the floor. Then a warm glow causes her to look up to see an angelic Joyce standing in front of her. Even as a glowing angel, Joyce throws shade at Buffy by telling Dawn that <laughs> Buffy isn't going to pick Dawn's side before disappearing. Hashtag Joyce is a terrible mom. Got it. <laughs> November 12th, 2002. <laughs> Andrew and Jonathan are driving back from back from Mexico. Andrew was a little racist, and they both discuss nightmares they are having about it eats you starting with your it eats you starting with your bottom. The time we the next time we see the duo and they rappel down into the new Sunnydale High School. Jonathan wants to get Buffy to help, but Andrew refuses. They split up, and Andrew turns around, relieved to see Warren coming down the hallway. Warren reassures Andrew that his death was part of a master plan. Andrew and Jonathan make it into some old, weird, dirty part of the freshly built school and begin to dig. Jonathan confesses that he misses high school. The bad parts wash away, and he misses the daily interactions with everyone. They step back to reveal the satanic goat sigil they have excavated, only for Andrew to stab Jonathan and let his body fall into the sigil and bleed out. But R.I.P. Jonathan Levinson. I know. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, we loved you. I know. We barely I, knew you. At least Danny Strong will be back. Um, thank you for that. That was. Oh, that was incredible. Buffy, I'm here to kill you, not to judge you. Some facts. Maybe I should make you read these two. Nah, I can do it. Fuck it. Uh, <coughs> the population of the Welcome to Sunnydale sign shows 32,900. The last time we saw this particular sign was in School Hard, and the population was 38,500. That's 5,600 people gone in five years. Goddamn, Sunnydale. I'm not surprised with the vamp problem. We did see it again. We, we've seen it since then? Yeah, we saw it at Bargaining Part 1. I just had to re-look oh, well, it up. When the bikers shit. run into town. Same. It was the yeah. same though. The same number, 32,900. Okay. I rechecked it. Okay, well, so even less, so 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 fifty six hundred people in a year. Yeah, no. If you're saying thirty eight hundred before, uh, wherever the thirty two yeah. nine is the same in bargaining and the same on this one because they're oh, both okay, 30, gotcha, gotcha. I think they're both thirty two so, nine. All these so two. no one's left in the last year, but the preceding four years we, we lost had a, a little bit of an exodus. Thousands, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the only episode with a specific date and time given at, given at the beginning of the episode, that being November 12th, 2002, at 8.01 p.m., which is the same time that it aired on the UPM. Can you believe? Wow. Can you believe? That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, actually. That's it's mad. fun. It's like, this is happening now. I'm watching this in real time. I'm inside of Buffy. Wait, phrasing. I <laughs> am Buffy. <laughs> Notice the economy of phrasing. Gone. Simple. Direct. This is the only episode out of all 144 without Alexander Lavelle Harris. His presence was missed. I thought he was in every single episode of Buffy. Except this one. Except this one. Except this one. Well, that's disappointing. He's not going to win any prizes for that. (laughs) No. Only only the Buffster and Willow make it through the whole show. And even uh, Willow's not in the unaired pilot. It's only Sarah Michelle Gellar that's in every single fucking episode, which I guess makes sense because it's her show. In the DVD commentary, Jane Espenson confirmed that the image of Joyce was, in fact, the first evil. It kind of was a little ambiguous, so I'm glad that we have confirmation from the writer. Uh, in the original draft of the script, Don was going to try to raise Joyce from the dead. Didn't and- we already do this? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, Forever. we did. <laughs> With Doc, remember? Remember? Uh, and when Joyce appeared, Don would say, they said I couldn't bring someone back. And then the first Joyce would say, maybe I'm the first. Which is a fun little mm. pun, except mm. we don't know the first name is the first, so it would be like a rewatch thing. She would be like, mm. maybe I'm the first one, implying like the first one to bring back, but it's maybe I'm the first. That would be great. Like, ah, ah, ah. 
Ah, fun. Gina actually put a couple other little uh, callback jokes or set up some callback jokes. So the pizza sauce thing in a later episode, Anya will be trying to get uh, blood out of that shirt and she'll say, I don't even think this is blood because <laughs> it's pizza That's sauce. So good. And then the microwave, there's like two separate instances where they're like, are we ever going to get a new microwave? And then <laughs> Andrew is setting up the new microwave or something. And, and another episode too, it says pretty good. Uh, like show you're good. Uh, Joss Whedon was asked in a fan mail, fan mail question during season eight how the first could impersonate Warren if Warren didn't actually die in Villains, because as we know, he is part of season eight. He's back. Whedon responded, quote, he was legally dead for like a second. Uh, Amy didn't tell him because she didn't want him to, to be upset or didn't want to upset him. And then he just says, I forgot, okay? So clearly, <laughs> we just like, it's fine. We just, we, rules are rules until we don't need them anymore yeah. or they don't serve us. I know that magic really cares about, um, you know, human laws. So it's good to know the first is respecting that. (laughs) (laughs) The song that haunts the open and close of this episode is called Blue. It was co-written by its singer Angie Hart and Joss Whedon. Angie Hart and ex-husband Jesse Tobias are slash were one half of the band Splendid, who played at the Bronze during I Only Have Eyes for You and The Freshman, making this Angie's third appearance on the show. And worst one. Worst one? Why? You didn't like it? No. You didn't like the music video? Jesse Tobias also worked with Christophe Beck and Joss Whedon on Once More with Feeling, which I'm sure I said during that episode. What was wrong with the music video? Do you like the song or you just didn't like the the like the music video? I don't know what you mean by music video. They're, like the, they're filming them on the stage and like doing a little music video. I mean, that's fine. I don't like the song. You don't like the song? The song was rad and it coming back at the end made it extra rad. It was a fun little bookend. <laughs> This episode marks Christine Sutherland as the only actor to appear as a guest star in all season seven seasons of Buffy. Oh, man. Anchovies, anchovies, you are so delicious. I love you more than all the other fishes. Jane Espenson says she wrote this song into the episode because Domino's had stopped offering anchovies on their pizzas, and this song was her protest. I love her so much. She's the best. Oh, God. Uh, the Gnarled Demon suit from Same Time, Same Place was used again in this episode. The costume was painted black and used in the mm. scene where the demon is seen over Joyce's body, which was Jane's idea because apparently this this episode was like barely came together. Everything was super last minute and they were like, fuck, what do we do? Maybe we should have a demon. I don't know. Paint that old one in the closet black so you don't have to make a new one. I don't know. So good for her. Good idea. Newly sired vampire Holden Webster tells Buffy that Scott Hope is yeah. hello, gay now. This is possibly a reference to the fact that Fab Filippo, the actor who played Scott, went on to play Ethan Gold, a gay, in Queer as Folk. That seems weird. I don't know. <laughs> uh, alive! Dawn talks to her on the phone. The writers didn't forget about the Scooby reboot from Lessons. I, thought, I just said Janice. I was like, I don't know who it is. But... No, Janice is dead to us. Janice. Apparently. Fuck Janice. <laughs> uh, this episode was awarded the... Okay, this episode was awarded the 2003 Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation Short Form. You want to know who else was nominated that year for that category? You do. I'm going to tell you. The X-Files. No. I don't know if the X-Files was still on. Yeah, it was, right? Surely. Isn't the X-Files still on today somewhere? Surely. Um, So the other nominees, we have Buffy, right? And then Firefly for Serenity, which I'm confused because Serenity was the movie and not an episode of the show. But maybe that was the pilot test name or something i don't know star trek enterprise the episode carbon creek angel waiting in the wings and star trek enterprise a night in sick bay so 
Star Trek. Two uh, people, two three, separate franchises, just own. Yeah, exactly. We got own three it. Joss Whedon <laughs> properties and Star Trek. And then just because I was curious, who won the Hugo or who was nominated for the Hugo for the best movie or best mm-hmm. best presentation long form? Uh, we have Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, Minority Report, Spirited Away, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, uh, and Spider Man, mm. the 2002 Tobey Maguire one. And guess which one won? Minority Report, the Precogs. Lord of the Rings. Of course, Lord of the Rings. One time you died and I ended up a Mexican. Wasn't that fun? Let's do some more trivia. This time it's about Buffy instead. Question number one. (laughs) This is one of only two episodes in the whole Buffy series that has the title appear on screen at the beginning of the episode. Name the other one. Once more feeling. You're goddamn right. You didn't even, you worry, worry. You didn't even show up. You didn't even buzz in. I, yeah, sorry. Yeah, not, yeah. I was thinking about bothered, bewitched, and bewildered for some reason. Okay. Oh, because I don't. Yeah, I don't know why you would be. Thinking I don't know either. Okay. All right. Dude. Uh, way to get dumped. Question the second. In addition to the two credited writers, Drew Goddard and Jane Espenson, showrunners Joss Whedon and Marty Noxon also made significant contributions to the script of this episode. In fact, each of the four plot strands was written by one of the four writers who wrote what? So we've got Buffy, Willow, Dawn, and the trio. So who wrote the Buffy scene? Joss. Correct. What about Willow and Cassie? Jane. No. Incorrect. No. Drew. I I bet Jane wrote the Dawn one. Correct. So we've got Joss and Jane. Yeah. So who, which one did Drew do? This one. Uh, the trio. The first. The trio. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously we've got Willow and Cassie was uh, written by Marty Noxon. So. Oh, whatever. Good job, though. Good job. Good I job. I got all those. Yeah. All day it's been like, congratulations, go away. So Just you so you know, the, the answers bumps. are hidden. I was not allowed mm, to see no, them. No, she hid them for me. <laughs> yeah, and I, want, I also want the audience to know that I did that on my own <laughs> with your brain smarts. Yeah, my mm. own electric meat jelly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, what did you and your electric meat jelly think about this episode? Uh, well, you know, I watched it twice because I'm yeah. I'm really committed to this podcast. I know. And the first time I thought what I always think, which is this is a good episode. I like this episode. And the second time I watched it, I thought this is a crap episode. <laughs> so I don't know how I feel. <laughs> That's the trouble when you rewatch these episodes a bunch of times. I mean, even twice. But like for me, I go through the roller coaster when I like on the sixth and seventh time. It's just like this is great. I don't know if this episode is good. Oh, this episode's pretty great. And it's just like come on. I have to say, of the four plot lines, Dawn's was my favorite. Um, and I found the rest of them honestly kind of irritating. Mm. And also, like, Jonathan dies, and I love Jonathan. Yeah, it's a bummer. Jane Espenson was very sad because that he, Jonathan's like her. She's like, that's me. I write, I am Jonathan. Aww. So, Aww. I mean, she wrote Superstar. She really likes yeah. uh, the character. And yeah, so it's, it's, it's tough for Jane. But he'll be back, just not as himself, you know. Uh, Daniel, what did you think of the episode? Uh, I mean, obviously, from the opening title card. And the dates and all of that, like we're in a different, like that was so cool, so unique to Buffy. You just automatically felt like you were watching a very special episode. And, you know, it's cool. It's unique. You know, just the plotting, if we all believe like this is happening concurrently, which I think we're supposed to take that as what's happening. Everything's happening right around the same time. Um, it's pretty great. And obviously the music syncing up on the two, the outro too. I kind of thought it was a different song that they played at the outro. And then it obviously got us back to the bronze, almost like the whole thing happened in uh, one set, which I think is really cool. Um, the Christine Sutherland spoiler is indefensible, but unfortunately that's TV rules. I mean, 
Oh, yeah. That sucks to to tell us the choice is going to be in this fucking episode. Um, yeah. But it's hard to talk about this without the way you did it, Stacia, where you talk about each storyline individually. Because, you know, outside of Trachtenberg, who gets a special shout out because, oh, my God, you carried the episode. And I agree. I think hers was the most affecting. I mean, that's why Forever, to me, was so affecting. She just kills it. She She sells, I miss my mom and I want to talk to my mom better than... I mean, Buffy is only number mm-hmm. two, and I can't think of anybody else that, on TV that I've ever seen that make me uh, as, like, ache as much as she does. So that was really good. And, uh, you know, R.I.P. Xander. Uh, really, this was a, <laughs> I, I don't know what I don't know what he could have done, though, real talk. I mean, yeah. you could have, you know, the only thing I thought is you could have replaced Cassie with him, but you couldn't have done any of the Tara stuff. It's like, it just would have been, he could have been the first. But then again, the, that breaks all the rules, right? It's He's right. got to do a dead person. So they're just... What do you do? You know, Xander was just not going to work. I'm glad they took the chance, though, and didn't have him do some dumbass beast, you know, fucking the the fifth storyline where he hangs right. out with Nancy or something or Ronnie. I mean, maybe Ronnie died and the first is taken <laughs> over. Ronnie, deadbeat. Steve, klepto. Phil, Phil, Philip Burns, Flanderer. Oh, God. <laughs> what if what if Xander had like another little chat with him? Now we're talking. Is it Richard here. Burns? Or maybe it's Philip Stewart, Burns. Stuart Burns? Stuart, Stewart, Stewart. Stewart. Stewart Burns. Stewart Burns, Flanderer. Flanderer. Yes. He was gang murdered. murdered by the Scoobies. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he is dead. He is technically dead. He's so dead. Let's bring a little Chicago land. Have Xander go on a trip to go see his family. And he's in Chicago. He's at the Al Capone Museum or whatever, or like the Gangster <laughs> Museum. And who shows up? It's Stuart Remember Burns. Chicago? Lander, and we're talking. Southside. So we could have done that. <laughs> the show has no you? balls. Didn't we gang murder Stuart you? Burns, Philanderer. It's weird that you're here. Who uh, would write gosh, that storyline? Uh, who would write that one? Come on. I, I mean, I would give that to Petrie. Go ahead and give that one to Petrie. Good, good. Uh, I also thought this episode was great. With Joss Whedon said of this episode, quote, I'm very fond of conversations with dead people. I just thought structurally and tonally it was very interesting and had a lot to say. And I got to write another song. The man likes to write music. I'm surprised he did. Well, I guess he did Dr. Horrible after that. Yeah. No. Anyway. Uh, and I wholeheartedly agree. I think, you know, some what of this song, the, the Angie Hart song. Uh, he wrote it. What? Yeah. I, mean, I know you're not a fan of it, but he did write it. So. Yeah, no. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. Just, I'm just, it's just a fact. It's just a I, fact I, that I, I said. Thought, I mean, I was thinking of the two songs in the episode, and I was like, between I Covered You in Blue and Anchovies Are the Best Fishes, I was like, I think you already said he did not uh, write that Jane one. Wrote so what are we talking about? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Um, there's some of this psych 101 stuff. See, I, it's funny. I have like kind of an opposite opinion of this episode. I thought that Don stuff was kind of the weakest. It was the best horror element. Mm-hmm. Like it was so cool. Uh, it was really scary and it was fun to do like a weird possession thing or, you know, poltergeist thing. We haven't done that. Or well, I guess we have done a poltergeist, but like, I don't know, the scratches on the face mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was neat. Um, but I, you know, I thought the, the Willow, uh, scene was the strongest for me because Allison Hannigan, holy shit, cry face, amazing. Nah. Um, I think she did a, a great job on that. And, uh, there was, there's like a lot of you? really scary stuff in this episode. The Joyce being dead behind Dawn for that one frame where she doesn't know she's there. That was so great. Uh, and then Warren being in front of the door, all creepy and just not moving and not saying anything. Fantastic. And then obviously Cassie's whole fucking face ripping off. And, and only based on like the limitations of CG, like it looked a little rough because we were come you know cg's come a long way so that scene today would be like oh <laughs> fucking hell so mm-hmm. i uh i enjoyed it quite a bit you know i'm gonna have to say that i'm gonna make a bold statement i enjoyed this episode it's good oh, it's bold. Mm-hmm. No. hey I, I don't mean to be count budinsky here but you just don't seem as thrilled is it because we're gonna fight 
because I'm going to win. So we're going to play a game, not the the game we're going to play after this game, but uh, we're going we're gonna to go to the land of hypotheticals, okay? Mm. I'm sure most fans know. Uh, I'm sure both of you know. Amber Benson was supposed to appear as Tara in this episode in the original script, uh, and the story has always been that Amber Benson turned it down because she couldn't bear Tara turning into a villain, you know, ruining the character, betraying the fans. Uh, but according to the writers in the DVD commentary, she just wasn't available. I mean, as I said, this this script was kind of like put together last second. Well, Drew Goddard, he said it himself. This was an episode that we were so behind on. And we got the script in like two days before shooting and then found out that Amber couldn't do it. I think at that point I started crying on the floor. Mm. We're screwed. Just put out an episode <laughs> of Charm that night. <laughs> and they said, let's get Cassie. And I said, that'll never work. And now, you know, I watch it and I say, this is great. This is how it originally should have gone as Zerus Sky is wonderful. So, uh, and the original uh, script dialogue between what would have been Tara and Willow uh, is is quite a bit different up until you know the reveal, the turn of like who are you, and then it's you know the same word for word. But um, it's it's even more heartbreaking in my opinion, just because it's like you know it's more they can be more emotional with each other, and like having them both in the room together would obviously just automatically be more emotional. Um, and I, I did take a snippet of the original script, and I'll uh, have Daniel put it on the website if you want to check that out because it's pretty good. But uh, I, I personally think this scene would have been a lot more gutting if it had been Amber Benson and not, you know, Cassie Arando. But what, what do you think, Sisha? Do you think yeah. that it would have been a tougher, tougher yeah. watch? Oh. <laughs> well, for one thing, Tara probably wouldn't have to creepily say, "I she still sings or whatever <laughs> it was that Cassie says. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, Daniel, what do you think? Oh, I think, I mean, I, I get why you're saying that, like, uh, Hannigan killed it, but I think that it's so clumsy, and now that you've told us the story, it makes complete sense that they were planning this for Amber Benson, because, like, the singing thing was garbage. The logic that Willow <laughs> had to jump over to be like, oh, she just can't come, because you killed somebody. I'd be like, what the because fuck? Because reasons. Yeah. Like, those yeah, things, yeah. like, it doesn't, I mean, I get it that it's Tara, so I buy it, but man... You look dumb after the fact to believe this thing. But uh, but uh, <laughs> there's no doubt that it would be so much more gutting. Can you imagine them lovey-dovey, them touching? They have different conversation. You you obviously have read it. But I can just imagine them being really sweet, and then all of a sudden the turn is like, you can't do magic anymore. It's like, oh, my God. No, I never will. Not for you, I'll do anything. It's like, why don't you go kill yourself? I mean, how? Yeah. Oh, it just I could just see <laughs> mm-hmm. Amber doing it, and it would be so good. So good. Mm -hmm. Unbelievably good. Then we're talking the best scene by far. Mm. And she never got to play evil on the show. Almost all the characters got to do like a little evil. I mean, even Mm -hmm. Giles had his dark moments, but Amber Benson never, she was always like the sweet, perfect, you know, like Mm. she's never going to do that. So I, I, I don't know if I... The 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 number one Buffy podcast that is uh, not us. They did a full like hour and a half interview with Amber Benson that I, I started listening to part of, but I, I just like I don't know. It was too raw. It was right after seeing Red. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't listen to it. <laughs> but I I'm cur- I'm sure they must have asked her about it because this is a big thing that, that people bring up, and I I wonder. I wonder how much of you know, that story of like she turned it down because she couldn't bear Tara turning villain is true. I think it really was just like a scheduling thing. More and then that likely. was like a nice, a fun, easy thing to say after the fact. Like, oh, I wouldn't want to do it anyway because, you know, you can't make Tara a villain, but whatever. Would you have preferred it to be Amber Benson? Like, do you think if she was around and wanted to do it? Yeah. You think it would have been better? Yeah, I think it would have been better for sure. Yeah, fair enough. I kind of wish once they realized that Amber Benson couldn't come, they would have pivoted what they were going to do with Willow's scene instead of trying to do this, like... Still doing the same scene, but weirdly having... She's talking to you through the veil. She's here, but she's not here. She's invisible. She's talking to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can talk to you, but she has to be invisible. (laughs) Yeah, Dana, you you kind of hinted... 
touched on it and you hinted at the plot. Did you think it was weird that Willow trusted Cassie like immediately? This girl's like she didn't know or actually meet. The only reason it worked is because she dangled Tara immediately. And the only bummer maybe is like, do do we know about the singing in the street? Do we know about that? Or singing on the bridge? Like, No, it would have been just the two of them, I, and that's why it's a good grab. Maybe, you know, but like, I think it, we are just viewers, though. I think you should have said, Miss Kitty Fantastica was with her. She's holding her in the... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, because then we're yeah. talking about something we know, and then right. we well, believe we know Cassie. that. Well, it was in Once More Feeling. Because they're talking feeling. about Once More Feeling. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And well, then she, well, sure. and then she brings yeah. up "strong like an Amazon," which is a quote from the body. Okay, so they've so said like these she... things. My bad. All right, so I forgot yeah, about yeah. all that. That's fine. So these were on the TV. Great. I forgot about them. Yeah. All. I thought they were just made up <laughs> anecdotes that <laughs> hadn't been said on the I show. I love that you were just like, "Where's the cat?" Where's, where's <laughs> I mean, honest justice for fucking Miss Kitty. Fantastica. I don't know why I thought about her, but she should have been in this episode. What well, are we doing? She someone is dead. needs to. She should have been resurrected. She should have been the one meeting. Oh my god! As a cat. Why didn't the first resurrect Miss Kitty Fantastico as the cat, like in Sabrina? Magic kitty, magic dead kitty, be like, stop doing magic. <laughs> Holy shit, you can talk? No, the Sabrina cat. They look the same, right? I mean, they're both the oh, black Salem? cats. Yeah, Salem. Salem. Get Salem up just on Just borrow there. that puppet. <laughs> Boom, we're done. And be like, what? What's going on? And then I, st- I would believe it even more because Miss Kitty. It was like, no, but shit. Cassie did a great awesome. job, and I think that like sort of retroactively makes Cassie awesome because I remember her a lot from this episode, and then obviously the, the only one before. So it's cool. You get really two great experiences with her. I'm sure that's why a lot of people really remember her is two mm, really great performances. This, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's, it's a cool one-off. But then you know you get to see her so quickly after. It's great. It makes her even more big in the Buffy world. But if she wasn't mm. here, I don't know if that would be the same case. You know, it would just be another mm. great fun character. Lost to the wind, but it was great because she just died too. Like it was perfect. Mm-hmm. They got yeah, lucky like to have a cool help. person that could inhabit Tara, if you will. So, yeah, I uh, I think as Rosie Sky does do a great job. Like, uh, and I love the character of Cassie. Mm-hmm. So, like, cool audible pick. Like that was a pretty a stroke of genius. I'd be like, oh fuck, let's mm-hmm. let's get Cassie. Why not? And and she was already like kind of in touch with weird stuff. Anyway, I mean, she was yeah. omniscient, like or she had premonitions well, or whatever. She's so like demure as well, and she kind of filled in for Tara great in the way that she did a mm-hmm. good Tara. She's very demure. She's very sweet. That's why we like her. And then she turned on that dime and was like, get some razor blades and prop up your dead yeah. girlfriend's picture <laughs> and cut it. And nobody, mm-hmm. it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. I mean, that alone was pretty cool. And like, I don't know, she had her eyebrow cocked like the rock the whole time mm-hmm. too. That was fun. I mean, just like, like that was rock. cool. So. so what have you been up to? Uh, well, apparently dying. <laughs> uh, no, but other stuff. Um... Okay, so while we're still in the land of hypothetical, uh, another idea for this episode was to have Xander have an encounter with Jesse, formerly last name redacted, found out today. It's McNally. So... This would have been in the episode instead of the Willow scene. So we, instead of having Willow in this episode, we would have had Xander and he would have encountered Jesse. What do you think about a Jesse scene, Daniel? Ooh, I think that would be fine. Now, that's a good yeah. way to incorporate him. I kind of didn't think about it. We give Jesse a lot of uh, a lot of shit on this podcast the one or two times we've ever well, mentioned Well, damning. That. Drew Goddard said in the in the DVD commentary why they didn't do that. He's like, Sander doesn't have dead people. I was like, no one remembers this kid. No one. Even Drew Goddard, the the Buffy geek, is like, Jesse? Last name redacted? <laughs> Never heard of him. No, but that's maybe the only way you could do this. And that would actually be kind of fun. Because, like, what would he want to know? What would he yeah. be able to? Well, it would be the first, right? Conjuring all of this. But, like, what would you say? I don't know. Maybe it's just too far gone. 
that it would almost be a brand new person. Kind of like with Buffy. I mean, this is a brand new person. So maybe you don't want to have too many brand new people. So you get mm. one per episode. So Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Stacia, what do you think about a Xander scene? Um, I like it conceptually, but like functionally, I don't know if it would work because they would have had to get a different actor or if they had the same actor, he obviously would have grown up. So it wouldn't look like yeah. the dead version mm. of himself, you know? I bet Eric Balfour was available though. Oh, 100%. I don't know. Uh, nah, he had other he, stuff. He did going do other on. stuff. He's been in he lots of things. He did a show where he was like a pirate or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he, he wasn't even like your werewolf show or something. He was in a he was in a show that you watched. Yeah, the pirate one. He was a pirate. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. He would like lived on a boat. I don't think he was a pirate. <laughs> same, same. He wore a sweater. <laughs> I don't know. So, I really remember. So I, I could see, I don't know. I feel like they could possibly make it work, but uh, it it would be interesting. It would come out of. I think it has been too much time and a character that like it would be like a new character, like you said, because we knew that guy for a half an hour. You know, I guess like well, it was the harvest as well. So so for a total of an hour and a half show time is is, is as long as we knew him, and that was six fucking years ago. So it would yeah. be weird for as a viewer to see that. Uh, but what about? At the cost of the Willow scene, Daniel, will that change your answer? Like, if, if yeah, you would want yeah. it, I don't think you can really cut. Well, I, again, it's I think the Terra scene. See, but she. So again, with the first, the first is inhabiting everyone, right? Like, or not? Like the first yeah. is Cassie. So like, yeah, I mean, if if you were gonna like reverse it out, I guess you could. I mean, I don't want to like shit on the Willow scene because I think it's really important. But like, it's not really her finding out about the first. She's not like the one privy, and the rest of the shit is a little more mysterious. So it's like, yeah, you you coulda, you you could have. But I mean, I mean they, they wanted Amber, and they were like two days away from getting Amber. If they knew Amber wasn't there, maybe they would have thought we'll do Xander mm. instead. That, I don't know. Yeah, I think you know they just weren't thinking big enough with Xander. Like he doesn't have any dead people. Well, you know. They could do the same mindfuck that they did with Spike and have it be Buffy. Mm. Oh, right. Or yeah. it could mm-hmm. be Angel point. or yeah. it could be Spike. <laughs> yeah. And you just don't actually know if it's really that character if it's the first. And we've talked about that. They they, they never use Spike that yeah. way. And it seems weird that you wouldn't because it feels kind of obvious to, yeah. to, to use him. And so I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, <clears throat> excuse me. Another damning thing about poor Jesse McNally. He's never, ever, 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 ever mentioned on the show except for one issue of a season nine comic that is it he's in the first two episodes of the mm. show and then never the name never spoken until one issue of season nine a part of me too wow. uh and it's just like god damn that poor guy got some short short shrift i know it's kind of weird because we never really met or kind of weird because you're really dead yeah well <laughs> did i fall asleep no no i'm here I mean, not not here, here. It's kind of complicated. I I think that the Willow scene serves a, another like. So the theme of the episode is kind of loneliness, right? So I think that that's why that scene's good and important is because it's showing that Willow is not okay. I mean, spoilers for the watches. Willow is mm-hmm. not okay. She's you know obviously she's struggling with the power thing of of not knowing. If she can trust herself and, yeah. and, and, you know, still having the guilt, you know, of all the, the murder and stuff. Uh, but I think, you know, the, the, what the, her friends aren't talking about it and she's not talking about it, is also grieving Tara. And, like, that, I think that, that that's kind of what this is supposed to be, like, 
it's not just the stuff we know about the killing that's obvious, about the magic that's obvious. It's like also her fucking girlfriend died and she's still real sad about that, guys. Yeah. So I think I think that's why it's good, even if if it's not particularly revelatory, right? Because it's not blatantly. We don't know it's the first, but we do know the big bad is here officially. So there is that. But that Xander could have done that for sure. Yeah. So I think it's more just like. Willow is sad, guys. <laughs> Don't forget Willow is sad. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're still in the land of hypothetical. The last idea that they had was to also put, because on the call field, mm-hmm. also in the credits, also not in this episode, right. uh, they also thought about having Halfrek come back uh, and haunt Anya. Uh, so what do, you, what do you think about that? I think that'd be fun. What do, how, what do you imagine that kind of looking like? I guess it would be like a guilt trip maybe like why did i have to die i was a good vengeance demon and you're just the loser miss hmm. soft serve yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the only reason she they they Kali roca they knew already was not going to be available so that i don't think that that got very far but i was just like that's kind of interesting and you do want to try to work with your characters right like i think they use spikes so well in this episode they didn't say a fucking word that was really well shot i, I like that because you got the entire story of what was going on with him in very little screen time and with no words. I mean, was there much of a story? I mean, I, I, that was revelatory to me. Like, Spike is killing fucking people. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the one biggest, like, plot thing we've moved forward is, like, Spike's out here fucking shit up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's biting people, but, like, that's not, that's one thing. It's not really like too. a... But they, but they fit him in and they fit him in well. And I feel like adding Anya in would be weird because you're going to have to sacrifice something point and, and the episode was already apparently nine minutes over when they turned in the first edit so it was like adding anything else to this would have been at a cost i think to to all of the scenes i mean if you can manifest yourself she just can't but that uh, brings up a good question so the first why do you think the first chose to manifest the way that it did for each of our characters and and what was the end game, as you just pointed out? Like, why was the point of it? Okay, so, like, let's start with, with Willow. Tara's an obvious pick, because that's an easy exploit, because we know where the pain is there. But why show up as Cassie and other first? I mean, that's I think we can only answer that with a meta reason, so mm-hmm. that doesn't really work. But but what's the point? So, Stacia, why go after Willow this way? Why convince her, to, try to convince her to kill herself, I guess? Why, why are we doing that? Well, I think that, you know, we've seen that Willow's really powerful and yeah. the first probably doesn't want to wouldn't mind if she took herself off the game board so to speak it. so it's just like a, a an asset kind of thing like we remove that yeah. the weapon from from the slayer and i mean um cassie says as much like i thought you were ripe for the picking yeah. like mm-hmm. i thought this would be easy i'd come to you i'd make you sad about your girlfriend and i wouldn't have to worry about you anymore yeah yeah that's pretty straightforward all right so what about uh what about dawn so the dawn one is interesting because it it did it so different, right? So far, we've seen the first manifest pretty clearly as just like a dead person, right? Like we did with Cassie. We are doing with Warren and even, uh, you know, Buffy tormenting Spike. Uh, it, it's been pretty straightforward. This was really interesting because it was like a haunting. Yeah. And it wasn't like showing up as Joyce being a character mm-hmm. like it has before. So, Dan, what, what do you think that strategy was from the first? What are we trying to accomplish with that? For me, I would just think that the again the first knows a lot so i would assume that they've watched forever on the wp <laughs> and again it's really mysterious as a viewer i don't know if i would really and as somebody who's already watched the show but has forgotten i don't really know why um, <laughs> except that she's a child home alone 
you know, like left alone by her sister who is out here that I'm also tormenting. No one's going to be here to come because we know wherever the fuck Xander is, right? Fuck Xander. She could have called Xander. <laughs> Shit, Xander could have showed up here. Yeah. Helped I mean, that's the a numbers, way to bring Xander in. We have Xander all in. the goddamn numbers on the fridge. Call someone else, lady. That's a way to bring Xander in. But like, um, yeah, I mean, I can only assume it's just kind of like, yeah, girl home alone, haunt her. What's going on in here? I got a bunch of scared kids saying this place is haunted. So what do you think? The first was trying to accomplish with that little line about like Buffy won't choose you in. Well, the that's end. a great one. Like, uh, well, again, I I feel like there's so many cryptic clues we saw before as a viewer that Cassie left us the real Cassie left us a you know cryptic clue, and this is another one. Mm-hmm. W- what are you supposed to mean by it? I think that it's supposed to sow division. It's supposed to make Dawn again put Dawn off the board as well, so that when push comes to shove, and they're going to be together, Dawn will choose or at least waver, and that might be enough. To get in and kill Buffy or whatever the end game is for the yeah, first. just to try to like whittle away the trust a little bit, right? And we even last episode with him, we kind of went through that a little bit. You know, Don had that moment with Buffy. We're like, you were the one I was supposed to be able to trust. Like, how could you do this to me of all people? And like, I think that was a pretty smart little way to be like, yeah, just fucking, argh, you can't trust Buffy. It's gonna, it's like all it takes. And it's like, you know, it's interesting with. What we know or what some people know because they remembered watching the, the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, she won't be there. Xander will take Dawn away mm-hmm. to try to it's like. So at the end, Buffy won't pick you. She told Xander to take Dawn away, you know, and Dawn does not like that very much. So um, uh, do you. Yeah. Doesn't she knock Xander out and like steal the car and drive back? Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, I think that's pretty accurate that, you know, Dawn's already kind of feeling betrayed by Buffy. Buffy is continuing to be absent. You know, she's mm. not here when she gets home. And then to have Joyce, like her mom, who she's, you know, been missing and wants guidance from, come and say, don't trust your sister who has already betrayed you and isn't here for you Tough. and didn't come when you needed her, right? Because we get the scene of Dawn trying to reach out to Buffy and Buffy not being available that you're going to start questioning what she's doing and, you know, how much you can really trust Buffy to be there when you need her. Yeah, she has let you down quite a bit. Also, I feel like the first is just kind of like a little bit of a drama queen and likes the (laughs) theatrical. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Was ready for this. The chair's going up, chair's going down. (laughs) I kind of expected, too, the light to kind of like fade through and just like the blood came and went, I thought that the house would be back to normal. At the end, but yeah, I mean, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I guess Dawn does herself destroy the TV, destroy the microwave. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. the first is like, hey, hey, this was just a joke. I, I'll clean up the rest, but I ain't cleaning up that shit. I didn't do that. <laughs> that I didn't do that. I wanted that movie to play. I wanted that movie as ambiance. <laughs> yeah, man, that was set in the fucking scene. Come on, fucked me up. Uh, lastly, we have Andrew, who was obviously haunted by uh, the first through Warren. So why do you think? Daniel, that the first picked Warren, uh, and uh, what's the what's or why why sorry why do you think the first picked Andrew to torment, and uh, what do you think the end game is with that? Well, Andrew is a weak boy, mm-hmm. as we've seen before, and <laughs> he's also, in love with and he's Warren. in love with Warren yeah. exactly. I mean, that's really as simple as it is. He is a he he's not willing to admit that to himself, and you know, and Jonathan's on an arc, you know, and has been on the arc for a long time. I mean, he wanted yeah. to be mm-hmm. a bad guy, but only like. A fun Bondy supervillain, you know, not somebody, 60s Bond supervillain, not somebody who's <laughs> literally destroying the world and destroying people's lives. And um, yeah, so he, you know, Jonathan's the good one. Andrew's the bad one. 
and uh, Warren's yeah. the worst one. So what do you think? Why? What's the point of that? Why kill Jonathan? I mean, well, to get the, I guess, the seal of death. Well, you got to yeah, open whatever that is. Okay. Yeah, I guess we get, don't really know what that was about for, but it clearly was just yeah. it needed to a sacrifice of some kind. So yeah. Right. Happened. So I'm sure it, it's going to benefit the first in some way. Right. Probably. Um, I did have a question. Uh, remember in lessons, I was like, why is why are the first trying to block that door so hard? Like, why don't they want Buffy to go through that door? And you were like, oh, well, maybe Spike's behind the door. And I'm like, I wonder if maybe this mm. it was trying to protect this. I mean, it was buried, so it's not like an obvious thing. But I was yeah. like, this thing comes kind of out of nowhere. But a MacGuffin's a MacGuffin. And we write it in all the time. So I guess yeah. it doesn't really matter. Why didn't they discover that? seal when they were building the school I mean, again. I mean, that was almost in my, my, my reasonable ridiculous. It's my yelling. I mean, it's like, it's unbelievable yeah. <laughs> because like, you know, they got to lay down that fresh soil to like dig through. They laid that down. I'm sorry. Like the seal's just perfectly like aligned to just barely miss the bulldozers taking stuff out. Fuck off. I'm sorry. <laughs> and what is this room of soil? What is this room yeah. of mm-hmm. soil? There's an unfinished part of this basement. This no wonder Xander's still on site. This shit's not done, man. God, God, bury that seal <laughs> under twelve feet of concrete. What are we doing? And he even said he checked over every inch he of whatever. Said that. Fucking liar. He's a mm. fucking liar. liar. God, that's why he's not in this episode. Cause he'd have to answer some fucking God questions. Damn right. See, this is what I hate about you, vampires. Sex and death and love and pain. It's all the same damn thing to you. Ah, all right. Time for a. A very short round of reasonable or ridiculous. All right, reasonable or ridiculous. Dawn is home alone for five seconds and starts shooting weapons in the house. Station reasonable or ridiculous. I'd say reasonable. <laughs> She's clearly her sister's sister. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we do when we're alone. We shoot the weapons. Daniel, yeah. what do you think? Well, reasonable or ridiculous? Hell yeah, reasonable. Good for her. <laughs> and also hiding it with a plant. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's pretty great. All right, reasonable or ridiculous. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah. I guess it was the seal. I already took this out. The Willow took... Yeah, sorry. Andrew kills Jonathan. Stacia, reasonable ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, ridiculous from my heart, but I understand why Andrew did it, because he sucks. Because he sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, reasonable ridiculous that Andrew kills Jonathan. Reasonable because he's under the sway of the first. I mean, not just that, but he also sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just... I, I don't know what's going through his head. I mean, I know he loves Warren, but like you know that man is dead. Right, you know this is a ghost. No, right? because like, his death was all part of the master plan. Right. I guess you're going to rule the world. JFK is coming right. back. Uh, Kelly, come on, QAnon. Andrew would I be a, a QAnon faithful for sure. You think so? You think so? I don't know. Probably. He's, not. It's not a conspiracy th- theory. It's a conspiracy fact, man. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess now is a good time to uh, remind everyone that we're we are a real podcast. We didn't even talk about Buffy at all. You're not, we, uh, do we not have anything to say about Buffy? Well, okay, I'm sorry. What, did you? I mean, we haven't. We didn't even talk. You just skipped right over. But Buffy's the only one we I, didn't say anything about. I have little to no interest in that scene. You have no interest. <laughs> oh, well, that's a good thing to talk about. <laughs> okay, so the Holden and Buffy scene. Uh, I found it the like the psych 101 ness of it kind of. Uh, graded on me a little bit after a while and I it's talking about not being revelatory I, you know there's a lot of talking and it's a great talking scene I mean there's a reason that Joss wrote this it's really funny I think Holden is an excellent character yeah. he's like really witty he's got a great little repartee with Buffy mm-hmm. I think they interact really well and I love that but nothing earth shattering comes out we've already talked about the Slayers alone she's always cut off in the end I'm the one that has to make the tough decisions and 
I, it is nice for her to come out and say, like, I am better than them. You know, the thing that Faith was always trying to get her to fucking come around to. Like, we are better. Come yeah. on. Um, and that makes her feel guilty. But she does know that. Like, I thought it was a little intense that she was like, um, it doesn't matter their experiences. It doesn't matter <laughs> what they've done or what they've said because they don't know my life, what it is to be the Slayer. Um did you think that was kind of rich that she was just like nobody else's opinion really matters in the end? Uh, no, I think it makes sense from her perspective because, like we've talked about in the last couple episodes, she's really coming to realize that she's the one that has to make the tough decisions, and so it really doesn't matter what Willow has to say about the situation because even if it hurts Willow's feelings or it hurts Xander's feelings or whoever, Buffy has to do what the Slayer needs to do. So yeah, we, and we just went through that again with selfless too, right? Like, I if I have to kill Anya, I have to fucking kill Anya. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. No, and I'm with you. I, I think that the scene was great. Holden was great, or Webs, or whatever we want to call him. Um, that was a really nice addition. And just talking about you know high school was cool, and just him being mm-hmm. there. That was all very neat. And yeah, it's I like the way that he talked about his life. Like I, st- I still have a girlfriend. I still like he just he mm-hmm. never gets used mm-hmm. to being dead and a vampire. That was all very funny. But, yeah, I mean, I kind of like that they put in text form, if you really wanted to dig into it, uh, that you can go down, you know, what Buffy said about, you know, feeling superior, but also feeling, again, the inferiority of her superiority, because it's like, I don't deserve my friends. I don't deserve love, Mm -hmm. but yet I'm better than everybody else. And that's why Mm -hmm. I don't get it or don't need it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like a cool text of obviously somebody that cares about Buffy and wants to understand Buffy, Joss wise but yeah it definitely got a bit too much and it was long she took up a lot of the episode and obviously mm-hmm. she's great but the only thing i could say is that you if you cut that down i don't know how you do it but you could have added a xander scene in there too you you would have been yeah. really jumbling it up but the the thing you would have to cut would be buffy buffy took a by far the most amount mm-hmm. uh you would be basically giving everybody about you know six or seven minutes of time to tell the story and obviously Buffy's going to double that time because it's her show. Uh, so you can't do a Xander. We already do doing four things. So, which is too bad. Yeah. I, I just, it's cool to hear her say the things out loud, but like I said, it's just not, we didn't really learn the spike thing. I mean, honestly, at the end of it all was just learning about being sired Mm -hmm. and that spike sired him. And that, that is something that you really could not learn anywhere else. I yeah, would have taken her a long more time. And honestly, Spike obviously was lying. And if he if he's going out there and siring people and biting people, then he could have kept this up, presumably. I mean, as a viewer, he could have just kept it up forever. So it's like, oh, God, thank God Buffy found out. Because if not, you know, she how often does she talk to a vampire? Like a sire? She would never talk to him. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, you would, yeah, how you would she find even, out that it's going on. It's Spike, you know. And he's yeah. chipped, as we've said multiple times, even in the last mm-hmm. episode, right? He's chipped. He's not He's not a danger to anybody, remember? He's not yeah. a danger to anybody. So that was uh, that was obviously the most revelatory thing. But I think that, you know, we're going to have, <laughs> as much as we've talked about, we don't kill humans, human rules, blah, 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 blah. I think we're going to have some problems to deal with because Spike is killing people and Andrew just killed a person. <laughs> so things are going to be a little weird for our friends here. I would imagine. So I'm I'm excited to watch next episode because I really don't remember yeah. <laughs> anything about what happens with Spike. So we'll see. Other than like the later, the lies my parents told me or whatever, the trigger, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know what happens in the next one. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, Buffy, I don't know. It, it was a fun scene, but it just didn't, I don't know. It was my least favorite. 
I'll say that. So sorry, I tried to skip over it, but I'm glad we talked about it. <laughs> I commit. I'm committed. I'm a committee. Okay. Now, now I will tell you for real that we are a real podcast. And you can find us everywhere, Twitter, Hubler, Instagram. We have a website. It's beatmepod.wordpress.com. It has notes about our show. And also on there is a link to a Spotify playlist that I put together just for you. Just for you, listener, that has all the songs that we might play in our episodes here, as well as any songs that are on the show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that are available on Spotify. Spotify. And if you don't want to go to our website to find that link, that's fine, because you can just go straight to Spotify and search what? Beat me hyphen fun time playlist for podcast fans season seven. Ooh. That's it. That's the key. You got to take a deep breath. You got to close your eyes. You got to be in the moment. You got to find it. <laughs> and you did it. That was amazing. Flawless. No distractions. Flawless. But sorry, Kelly, you said that okay. was Spotify or spot Spotify. Because that's a Spot very different. That's a very different website. Yeah. Hey, I saw a fly. Boom. Yep. Tweet it. And then you, you, you mark just... it down. It's just like a, it's like a beer tracker. You're just like, oh, <laughs> spotted the fly. Done. Yes. Daniel in Virginia spotted one fly. Bam. Boom. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's let's yell about some stuff. I can't. I can't really yell. Yell. I don't think. But. This day about It eats you, starting with your bottom. Like I said, I think Dawn's. Um, story arc was the best one it was also the most fun one but i have to say that her microwaving and messily eating one marshmallow as dessert is like the most embarrassing thing i've ever experienced <laughs> just so much secondhand embarrassment for some reason i was just like why is this happening it's all over her hands she's just licking her hands and then touching the phone so we can blame jane espinson for this the mess factor i don't know but jane espinson <laughs> apparently she's like if i was alone in the house i would microwave marshmallows for fun jane, you're an like, adult you, you could do this <laughs> every night <laughs> and then she was like i had to explain nobody on set believed me that they blew up like puffed mm. up in the microwave and she's like i just imagine her having to explain to grown adults yeah you put it in the, and it puffs up and she's like look i'll literally show you and they were like man we'll have to go get visual effects and she's like no just get a fucking microwave <laughs> just get a real microwave, microwave. <laughs> just like it's so funny imagining like her explaining to a group of 30 people like look guys you just look at it <laughs> So good. Anyway, Daniel. Well, I'm just going to piggyback on top of that. So uh, right away, I was like, this is going to be a string of unfortunate events. So my first thing was I just I labeled this tough look for anchovy dawn. And I have. Uh, <laughs> and so this is going to go over a couple. But I just I, I just was just furiously typing as it's going on. So number one, she got, she got a pizza. Bad. You, you were not supposed to do that, which I love. Number, That's explicitly said not for pizza. No pizza. Number two, eating it carelessly uh, around the house while trying on clothes. I mean. Right. What the Buffy's fuck? Buffy's close. Buffy's close. What are we doing? Uh, <laughs> fucking around with dangerous weapons. Not a great look. Dancing to random Latin music, which is something that your sister did. Right? Remember, she uh, was conspicuously close to the crying dishwashing music. I know. I hated it. It was amazing, and like I feel like that's supposed to be on purpose, and that was so strange. <laughs> um, number five, not turning on a single fucking light in the goddamn house, which is <laughs> just a huge mistake. Number, well, obviously, the flickering it didn't matter in the end, but come on. Number six, eating from a bag of marshmallows that was semi open. It was open. Oh, it was more than likely the stale. They probably oh, yeah. run through a pretty good, sizable marshmallow budget with that bullshit <laughs> because that shit i mean i remember being a kid man we would have marshmallows we would do shit like that and we would always leave them open and fucking put them away and they would be stale <laughs> and we'd be fucking pissed and you would learn your lesson but dawn is two years old has not learned that fucking lesson yet so <laughs> i can't imagine that it's good although throwing it in the microwave maybe negates some of the staleness so she maybe she's thinking hey, here maybe. uh number seven obviously eating marshmallow with your fingers uh using the phone 
horrible. Uh, number eight, talking to <laughs> someone. I said Janice, but obviously it's Kit, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And not not Carlos, right? Is the other friend. Um, but in- R.I.P. Carlos. Yeah, R.I.P. Carlos. Uh, but instead of confirming that there's a storm outside or tr- saying, hey, maybe can you call for help? Can you call Xander? <laughs> you know, the construction guy at, at your at, at school? Can you call that's that guy? Can you find that guy? She just straight up hangs up on her and throws the phone down. And I was like, that's going to be a huge problem. And then I can't stress this enough. She finds an axe and she axes the TV, axes the, the CD player, and then tries to axe a running, fuming, actively exploding microwave. Like that was absolutely awful. And then she walked over glass and then she thinks that she hears her mom in the fucking jukebox. And I'm like, or the boom box. And I'm like, what's going on, man? You got to check yourself at that point. Things are going bad. And this happened in like four seconds. So. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. Incredible stuff. That uh, is not going to make my rankings look so hot. So thanks for outlining <laughs> yes. that entire list. She doesn't need um, an adult. <laughs> <laughs> um, she super needs an adult. <laughs> oh, well, well, we'll see about that. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to, to mention this from the commentary. Um, so Tom Link, they're talking about uh, Dawn's scene, and he said, Michelle's a good screamer. And then Jane said, our offices are close enough to the editing room that there are some days when you just hear her scream all day. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. No. <laughs> that would be an intense, upsetting day. I don't think I could handle that. Also, I don't know if you um, – I'm just taking a two for here. I don't believe that Buffy remembers Holden. I think that was bullshit. Oh, she was like, oh, oh yeah, the foot. I remember. Yeah, yeah. She definitely doesn't no. remember him. Oh, yeah, for sure. No. Okay. I just want to sure. make sure that that was. Yeah. There's a certain point where you, it's less embarrassing to just pretend like you know who he is than to make him keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he went with it. He let her. It was fine. Uh, Scott Hope said you were gay. And then Buffy calls him a little ringworm, which mm-hmm. I want to make that an insult that we use on a regular basis. Scott Hope is a fuffy truther. He, he's. He said that to be me, maybe, but I think he said that because Buffy and Faith were hooking up for sure. I confirmed, what? confirmed. Okay, I've decided. Oh my god, Scott Hope, he's a truth. He's a fuffy truther. You, but you thought that that he <laughs> thought at the time that they were hooking up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's why he said that. I think that's why. So I spread that rumor. I mean, if you believe Webbs, he spreads that rumor about every girl he breaks up with. Yeah, well, this time it was true. <laughs> wow. Sorry, ringworm. ringworm. Anyway, it's good stuff. Did you just call me a ringworm? <laughs> no, I was just saying that you said ringworm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Things are going sideways. R.I.P. to Hank in this episode. I don't know how many times we're going to talk about Hank oh, going dad. forward. Oh, yeah, man. But, woo, I mean, we just really, <laughs> just, she's spilling her soul. I will say that's kind of, in, that's interesting, because Buffy, even in that final scene, the another takeaway to with this whole web shit. It's just that she's opening up and, you know, he says, you know, the things you can tell strangers, right? Right. I think that's been a theme we've talked about a million times, right? They're not really the best of friends. They don't talk about everything. She's mm-hmm. laying on the grave. I, great shot. Laying on the grave as if oh, it's yeah. a psychiatrist office or whatever. Great shit. And uh, for her to open up about stuff is nice. I mean, I'm sure it's uh, cathartic and, you know, Hank does not look good in this. What does it have to do with anything? You know, again, that's the questionable. Uh, he just wanted to hit her with a statue. Get her to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I thought that line when he said, you know, who do you think, why do you think your parents got divorced, who caused it? And she said, like, my dad. I was waiting for her to say me. It was my fault. Well, because that's such a classic little kid thing, yeah. I think, right? But I think she's old enough to... Well, yeah. no, because it, like, kind of literally is her fault. Like, their marriage <laughs> Sorry, is... fell apart when yeah. she became a slayer and she burned down the school. And Hank was like, I can't handle this. I've got a secretary. See you later. Yeah. And then I think that would be more telling about Buffy's mental state of, like, I suck but I am the best kind of thing than to try to be like, oh, I have intimacy issues, which is why I have to fuck a vampire. <laughs> yeah, that's... you. I guess you could blame yeah. yourself for that situation. I mean, I think Hank was... Sniffing around the secretary. I mean, clearly, because he like went to Spain yeah. and he's yeah. never come back. But also, Buffy being a fucking delinquent, uh, out of control delinquent, I think put pressure on their marriage. <gasps> you know what would have been fun? Hank. I, this is a terrible idea. Kendra? Oh, no, well, I mean, yes. But what if we had someone who show up who we're interacting with, who's one of our friends, like, say, Giles shows up, and you're like, oh, Giles, I'm so glad you're back, or whatever. And then in the end, you find out that Giles died, like, a week ago, and it was never Giles the whole time. Yeah, they, they play with that in, uh, in the episode he comes back. They, like, make a point that... No, I know. They have yeah. to touch him and everything. Yeah. But it doesn't actually happen because he's not actually dead. But, like, what if it was Buffy's dad that just randomly shows yeah, up? Cool. And then you find out that his body is buried on some Spanish beach yeah. and has been for the last two years. And that's why he never called when Buffy died. Yeah, that would that would totally work. Yeah. He would be as anonymous as Jesse. In a way. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people we could have brought back for sure. But at, at some point, it's like... Do we need them? No. Oh. Yeah. But that would be fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just think you're in some pain here, which I do kind of enjoy because I'm evil now. But you should just ease up on yourself. It's not exactly like you have the patent on bad relationships. Wouldn't it be cool if I did? Well, I'll go with the light one here. I wasn't ready for that. How cool was that amp at the beginning, Kelly? This is guitar talk. Time. I know. It's all like, um, like valve, uh, like not digital anything. I was, I was like, holy shit. This must be old as fuck. Uh, here's another commentary fact for you. Uh, during the end bit, Danny Strong was like, this seems like it'd be a good episode for the Emmy nominations or something. Uh, and I don't think it got submitted. Did it? Uh, I think they submitted Firefly instead. Oh, why? I don't know. There's like all of them are talking at once because there's like 18 people in the fucking room. And he's like, because uh, one show's a little bit more famous than the other. <laughs> I was like, shots fired at Firefly. But I mean, fair enough. Like this one could have been put up for an Emmy why not I just like that the reason was oh we didn't we just forgot, we just, forgot. We just like didn't try have you ever heard of it, same so. time same place come on get out of here <laughs> yeah well they didn't submit that either they didn't submit anything Losers. that year apparently so. when Spike was sitting in the bar um, they sharpied out the E in Evan and the W in Williams and oh. um, this was something that happened in Life Serial when they went out to go drinking there was a lot of weird choice Alcoholic beverages, some of them were real, some of them were fake, um, mm. that I didn't, you know, again, I don't know if they do that stuff on purpose or why. Um, I think I've got it. It seems so weird, like, in specific that, we... oh, I have no idea what that is now. now it's Van Illiams. Yeah. I'm not, Van oh, Illiams. Totally different. Wow. Or Illium, too. <laughs> they did the S as well. Jesus. Oh, yeah. I mean, Van what's going on here? So, yeah. So, I don't know why. Really I don't really, to this day, understand, but, you know. Usually, if they're going to do that, they like block out the whole thing, or they make the fake label. So yeah, you I mean, even turn it one more, and you wouldn't really know, be able to see it at all. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. I don't know. Uh, 
Oh, yeah. Insane Troll Logic again. We got that reference again too soon, in my opinion, because we just did that in Selfless. So I don't know if I liked that. <laughs> um, Trolls. Trolls. It's too bad that Spike isn't still in the fucking basement. I'm so glad we forced him to move in with Xander because he could have prevented Jonathan's death. And that blood is on Buffy's hands, wow. in my opinion. Because she forced the fucking issue. <laughs> I don't know. That basement seems really big and filled with a maze and... A dirt patch. <laughs> a weird garden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's on Xander. Fair enough. Yeah, I feel like Dawn showing up for this episode was uh, pointed as well because we made fun of her for not doing anything last time. So um, mm-hmm. she carried it to be honest. Uh, it was really great. Uh, yeah, that's kind of all I've got as well. Yeah. It was it was a good one. It was hard to pick out. It was really hard. Stuff. Yeah. Good episodes um, are tough to do. So, Last time we were here, 33.3 bar percent of us were flayed alive. <laughs> it's just, they're so funny. Uh, okay. I believe it's time for Daniel to update us on our watches. I did clock one. I'm hoping you got oh, it. God. So. Oh, probably not then. Uh, Xander Outfit Construction Watch not in the episode. R.I.P. Maroon jacket watch <laughs> slash Anya belt alert. None of not that's in the episode. R.I.P. <laughs> uh, Dawn's piercing screams. Yeah, stop it. Stop it. Stop oh, it. Yeah. Stop it. Um, <laughs> she screamed a lot. So let's just. She did. She did. She did. <laughs> we love it. I have to start labeling my quotes as like piercing screams so I can keep them all together um, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of piercing. and a To lot do of the screams. montage. I could. Maybe that's for the final episode. We'll end with the piercing scream <laughs> montage. Just screaming for three minutes. <laughs> Chips Ahoy. Excellent. Yes, implicitly. I mean, Spike's chip doesn't work anymore. Isn't something? What's going on? So, I mean, for me, it's I'm excited. I have no idea what's happening. So this is great. Uh, I'm really into yeah. Me it. either. Apparently, uh, no idea. <laughs> and but it's really cool. What a, what a cool revelation. Uh, puts a little bit of mystery and undercuts, which I love undercuts things that we've been talking about spike being safe no he's not mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's great uh the littlest bad are we fighting vampires anymore Ugh, unfortunately yeah. the answer is yes uh, <laughs> but mostly for plot purposes only so yeah. we'll probably never see another vampire again forever <laughs> buffy has a personality i said yes she is clearly as we know from this show interested in french algeria but she does not care about the end of european communism webs holden webster we went to school together, European history. I let you crib off my Václav Havel essay that time. You, you really don't remember me? Sure. Sure. First president of Czechoslovakia, and then after it became mm. the Czech Republic, he was president for a long time. Uh, the airport into uh, Budapest, the international airport. Uh, right? That's Czech Republic? Yeah. No. No. no that's uh, Budapest is No, Austria. Budapest is Hungary. Or Hungary. What's uh? What's Czech? I don't even remember. But Prague. Prague. Yeah, sorry. Prague. That's what I meant. Prague. The international airport is named after him. Uh, but she doesn't care. Uh-huh. She just stole off of this guy who she doesn't even remember. Which, which and she doesn't remember her that paper either. Doesn't remember the paper. Doesn't remember anything. Uh, interested in setting up stage productions, if we believe this is the story, uh, which I do. I trust him, Holden. Uh, so interested. She is interested in setting up stage productions, but is not interested in watching them. So Pippin, she sets up, doesn't care to watch. Um, she thinks that it would be cool to have a patent on bad relationships, and I love that for her. Um, like she would get a dollar every time like, uh, someone got broken up. With. I don't know how she thinks hey, Buffy Summers. she's going to profit on this, but I do like the gumption, I have to say. Uh, before you move on, one more Buffy has a personality. I think we've discovered, we've confirmed, she's agnostic. Holden oh, pointedly she says, did, she did, yeah. any word on the God thing, jury's still out. So I think that, that is, we can say Buffy's not 
beholden to maybe any one religion. In a world, too, where you have thought, multiple gods, how can you believe in God? Glory was a god, yeah. right? I mean, I was just going to say, how could that was like a very like white Christian centric uh-huh. viewpoint for her to be like, there's no word on that when she knows there's other gods that totally. exist. Yeah. yeah. True. True. But gods are real. Right? What are we doing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, it's again with that cross thing, it's like, it's so anachronistic to like, the world that they've built, this whole, like, you know, Jesus will save you from, like, why does a cross work? It doesn't make any sense. Right. It, why does mm-hmm. holy water, it doesn't make any sense. They've built mm-hmm. a world that's bigger than itself, and, yeah, that was Don't a think too hard say. about it. <laughs> but still, I took it as a personality point for Buffy, because she doesn't have Well, that. I respect that. If she was like, you know, I only believe in one God, then I'd be like, you are delusional. What is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> De Hoffer and Watch, another God. Uh, no. He is not. Uh, he's probably just an administrator. I want to say he's a god because he's really cool, but he's probably not a god, right? He's he's he has a title. He's something of a he's the lord. He's, of, he's like yeah, yeah. He's he's the ruler of that. So whatever category you want to play, yeah, that, so. but he's the the top dog of Arashma. Right, right. Uh, most valuable weapon: the Sunnydale cell phones. Yeah. Yeah, of course. We saw it uh, laying on the ground, useless. Buffy, as she's saying, I'm connected to a lot of people, is not picking up that cell phone connection as it goes unanswered, <laughs> sitting next to the grave. Um, Michael Wicket, Amy Goth- Gothwatch, you're goddamn right. Dawn is coming in hot. She's throwing glitter. She's doing magic. It was <laughs> That's <right>. amazing. <laughs> That's right. She did do the glitter smell. <laughs> and she sold it too, man. She, she got whipped in the back, and she is just screaming for her life. It, it was absolutely bloody funny. mouth. This is good. It was it was amazing. Um, I got to say too, how funny! I, I didn't say this in my yelling, but it was so. I laughed though when she was like, "Everyone else is having the calmest of calm conversations with their do- their people, their first, and she is screaming <laughs> the scream. prayers of the gods." <laughs> 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 Poor dog. And then cut to a, a deathly quiet library, <laughs> deathly quiet cemetery. Oh, and the first could have like, well, we we know right because the first couldn't have attacked Willow right because it's not corporeal. That's the whole problem. Right. Yeah. So like, okay, we don't learn that till later. So it's almost even more funny that like the first could have attacked. This, this demon that was Cassie could have attacked Willow, but no, just going after Dawn full force. And I love that. Um, <laughs> Jesus, there's too many uh, kids in the fucking Summer's house. I said in spirit, yes, literal spirits uninvited are fucking up, are fucking up the house. But also let it be known that Andrew wants to save Sunnydale, or at least he says this, wants to save Sunnydale to join the gang and quote, possibly yeah, hang out at her house. So he yeah. will. And that's a great call forward. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's more people in the house, so I'm going to count it. Um, <laughs> although it's not the Slayers, because that's what this all is built for. Um, by the way, is Willow okay? No, she is going to be fucked up for a couple of minutes. <laughs> no. Uh, regardless of her knowing that that's not the big bad, the, the sheer fact that it knows so much about her, it has to be unnerving, really unnerving. And also mm-hmm. questions, maybe she does know Tara, and Tara is in a bad place. I mean, the same way that Don was saying, mm. are you alone? Are you okay? And it's like, right. no, no. Well, what if Tara is in this purgatory and is not safe and is not good? That's very scary. And I'm sure that's like racking her mind at this point. And imagine coming home and talking to Don about her experience and their experience. Fuck. She'll probably even be more miserable. Um and obviously just talking about, you know, not only the magic, the magic is obviously an insecurity for her, but also like we talk a lot about um, how bad the first is, but we don't talk enough about 
the stereotyping of the first and uh, the homophobic uh, against the lesbian <laughs> community. I mean, the Indigo Girls, t- listen to the Indigo Girls and slit your wrists. Come on. I mean, it's a tableau. It's, it's <laughs> stereotyping of the lesbian community, and I will not have it. No, thank you. Um, the book's a million. We see the history of witchcraft. We see a book called Devils, Demons, dot, dot, dot. I don't know what it is. Oh, the Jesus, rest. I didn't clock a book at there all. Was a, there was a, it was when uh, we pan up to see Willa, or, um, Dawn, Dawn doing the spells. So we saw some mm. spell books, one of them being the history gotcha. of witchcraft. Streets Ahead. We hear about the Sunny Sunnydale Mental Hospital. Um, we obviously right. were in it, possibly in Buffy's mind, but we've never really been in it um, for real, I don't think. And then this is like a new wing of the library. We've seen the big library at uh, UC Sunnydale, but I think yeah, this felt like a different room. Yeah, this was almost like a super like a reading room or like a quiet room or something. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, and then obviously we saw our Sunnydale sign, which is the same as Bargaining Part One. And then Giles because KO, I didn't really even have time to think about it. I just said, of course, this has to be his fault somehow. So, <laughs> so yes. So yes. the answer, the answer, as always, is yes. The answer is yes, as always. So those are those are your watches. I don't remember you being this annoying. You don't remember me at all. Yes, I do. Yeah, like after thirty minutes of reminding, and I don't take it personally because clearly you were in your own little world in high school, all chosen, all destiny. Who could live with that for seven years and not feel superior? I'm not. My God, if anything, it. All right. Excellent. Thank you very mm-hmm. much for that update. I feel informed. Okay. I think it's time that we rank this sucker. Yeah. Yeah. The time is, the time is drawing. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> We're running out. <laughs> Willow hack slash we talk about the net slash something wicked this way comes. I gave it a six. Because I cheat, nary a spell or a computer for Willow, but Don does her glitter spell. God damn it. And I'm fucking counting it. Even though we're not supposed to. Wow. What? Okay. We're not even. I thought that was supposed to be covered under the watches. Listen, Dawn needs an adult. Okay. She might have done some light t-shirt and wall ruining, but she totally dealt with that whole poltergeist thing on her own without dying or being kidnapped, which is gross. (laughs) Okay. Light t-shirt and wall ruining, but then full on axe mutilating all their home appliances. She did it for safety. (laughs) I gave her a 10 because she fought a demon, a poltergeist ghost monster by herself. She wins. Monster of the week, also a 10. I don't know if it's Buffy's inner demons. I don't know if it's Andrew or Holden or Spike or the first. Every answer is correct. And they all get a 10. Oh, God. Power. No one woman should have all that power. Uh, a power of loneliness. Buffy still won't talk to her friends about how she really feels, keeping herself isolated when she doesn't need to be. Willow feels alone because of her rampage guilt, and she can't trust herself about her power to keep her power in check. And she's so lonely and desperate to see Tara again that she instantly believes a rando is the voice of Tara from the beyond. Jonathan feels lonely but spins it in a positive way, which is really nice, because he's like, I feel lonely. I want to get back in touch with people, which is really good. I want to be a good friend, and I want to grow. He has the best arc and then dies immediately because that's what we do on this show. Seven for the power of loneliness. Come on, Buh. Be a lonely drunk. Relations over goodness or badness. We're all kind of flying solo in this one, but what we do get doesn't bode super well for our friends. Spike is killing people. Buffy apparently thinks she's better than everyone. Willow has been suffering in silence, and Dawn now has a cryptic reason not to trust Buffy. And I don't think Andrew and Jonathan's relationship will survive the murder. <laughs> so five for relationship goodness or badness. Five. Yeah, okay, leave me alone. <laughs> Episode specific. <laughs> All those people you just mentioned, not one of them is sitting around going, I wonder what Jonathan's up to right now. Not mm. one of them cares about you. We are. Well, I still care about them. 
<laughs> it's just so cute. R.I.P. Jonathan. Yeah. Ten We're out of thinking ten. about you, buddy. That's right. He just wanted to invent Facebook. He just wanted to know what his friends were doing. <laughs> That's all he wanted. Oh, shit. I he was only like three years away, too. I mean, his life would have changed drastically. Oh, fuck. I forgot to do the part where I said, That's a total of 48 <laughs> for the episode. Uh, so this was at two of seven for the season. Above, same time, same place, and below, selfless. Now, Stacia, where did you rank this episode? Uh, I put this at 37 out of 129. Mm. So it's still high. Yeah. yeah. Like the upper quarter, it's like yeah. lower than the last couple. So, now. yes, uh, so it's below Pangs and School Hard, and above No Place Like Home and Innocence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're still uh, uh, where? Where did uh... Dark Age is sixty? Thank you. So this is twenty above Dark Age. What's the plot? Um, Andrew kills Jonathan. Don eats a marshmallow and gets haunted. <laughs> Willa talks to Cassie. <laughs> Accurate. And Buffy not mentioned in your little synopsis either. What is there to say about Buffy? Uh, Nothing uh, that, happens. Webs. That's all I'm saying. Webs. That's all I was saying. Webs. Webs. I won't. I won't remember Webs. <laughs> you definitely won't. Like, there's a spider. I don't know. I will remember Webs. When I, when I think of conversations, I think of the two of them. I mean, I did not know what his name was, but when I think about it, I think of the two of them in the graveyard. Uh, first and foremost, it's great dialogue. I mean, he's so fun. Mm. I think about Willow and Cassie. Yeah, me too. And, and the Dawn stuff. I mean, because the Dawn stuff was so scary. I forgot Andrew and Jonathan were kind of in the episode, but yeah. But the scary, the scariness of, of Dawn, and then obviously Willow, because I'm like, oh god, Tara. Tara. Anyway, yeah. um, this <laughs> episode is phenomenal. We talked about it uh, again. The best episodes for us always kind of go very smooth, and by how quick this runtime is compared to the bad episodes that take us two hours, this episode's great. I mean, yeah. there's really not a whole lot to really pick apart here, but it's not a silver bullet for me. I thought it would possibly be a top 10 coming into it but i don't think i can uh, go that far um we get our first sort of real introduction if you will to the first even though we mm-hmm. if we're watching it live and we're in 2002 um two still yeah 2002 we are maybe putting some pieces together yeah november 12th 2002 ah, god of course november 12th as someone mentioned four times <laughs> exactly yeah so we're in 2002 i mean Five we're times. starting to piece it together right that something's going on we don't know what the first is we don't know what's going on exactly but we're starting to kind of see stuff so it's pretty cool um we advance a couple of plot details buffy's internal hang-ups which we've you know, indictment of their friendships. Uh, and Spike is on a murder spree, murder sire spree. Who knows what type of shit he's up to. And obviously uh, Joyce's cryptic warning, Cassie's as the the first as Cassie's threat and the seal of Dan, Danza, Danzathar, Danzathar, right? Danzathar? Uh, all, Danzel, 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 there, Danzel uh, the seal of Danzathar. You know, like all of these things are kind of like open for interpretation. Like, are we going to see them again? Does this matter? What's going on? So a lot of cool stuff to look forward to. But it was kind of, um, you know, not as great as I thought. The Dawn stuff, I think, was the best. 26 overall. So I couldn't I wasn't going to go into the top 10. I have four, five and 10 still open. But 26 was the fourth number open. And I chose to put it at number 26 because I do think it's important enough. And it's cool. It's a really stylistically cool episode. And it's well done mm-hmm. and is unique in Buffy world. And I want to give props to Nick Mark, right? That's the guy who, who directed it. Props. Correct. Yeah. Really, really well done. And all the writers kind of banged it out. They did a great job. It's unlike Doomed where you have too many writers and it turned out really bad because it was one storyline essentially. This was like the perfect way to have multiple writers. Mm-hmm. With little vignettes instead of mm-hmm. one story. Yeah. So you guys did a great job for multiple writers and it worked out really well. So 26 overall out of 137. Four, five, and ten. I know. So chosen storyteller, something storyteller else. Storyteller chosen. 
you know, who knows? Who knows? Well, we'll keep bringing it up because we talk about it every episode because that's how we rank it. We just got to know. I'm just so scared for you. I don't Until know Until I pop why. that number four. The stakes yeah, are so low. <laughs> At the very least, I mean, we'll know going into the final episode what it is. I mean, I'll tell you what. It's not going to be number 91. So I, we got to I gotta pick one for 91 coming up. So get Shit. ready. Wow. We're, wow. we're probably going on a downswing. It's a, I have a 134, guys. I have one, like three to the last. How do I determine? Oh this? no! How do I determine? Oh no! I think it'll be easy. It's the episode where we meet Kennedy. Oh! <laughs> what about the one where we meet Ashanti? I mean, come on. Okay, first date. Yeah, first date. that's what we'll see. The seal of that's Danzel. Gonna, that's going to be your number five. Be, I know. It probably, unironically, will be my number five because <laughs> that's the way we're going. She says, "What? You're not going to be okay. You're going to kill everybody." Okay, well, uh, we we finished this episode. Uh, Conversations with Dead People. Stacia, do you have anything else to say about this episode? I don't. Daniel, do you have anything else to say about this episode? No, I'm glad we got to watch it. It's great. Do you think this is the scariest episode? Like, we're comparing it to like maybe Fear Itself, Hush. Uh, the one with the, the, fucking, the... With the Anya cutting her face. Um, also the one where she's w- helpless, where she's walking through the... Oh, the Henry with Kralik with um, Jeff Cobra, where he's like, that that one's pretty spooky too. I kind of forget about that one. I don't know. What do you think? Spookiest episode. Now that we've, I think we've gotten the spookiest out of the way. Um, I mean, I think that scene with Joyce sitting on the couch with the demon on her and Joyce's eyes are white is really scary. Like the same level of scary as when Anya's laughing and cutting her face. Yeah, Yeah, kind of similar. But I don't know, like the episode as a whole, I would think maybe Hush Mm. is just like an eerier tone overall. Like you just get the sense of like wrongness. And, you know, no one believes me, but I also think that, you know, Killed by Death, that character. The Kinderstad. It's called Der Kinderstad. Who is this? It's me. I've got your monster. Yeah, this one reminded me of like Shadow, you know, where you got the demon crawling on the ceiling or whatever. Oh, the Queller demon, and she's oh, talking. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Which is also sure. pretty freaky too. And like that, like this shot, you know, they, even for mm-hmm. one that was a frame, and they knew people were going to isolate this probably at some point. They did a great job. Like that's creepy. Obviously, it's a man in a suit, but like, right? Mm-hmm. F- fuck it. That's still terrifying. This and Joy, like Joy's selling it. Fucking scary. So mm-hmm. I am. Yeah, it was. This was really scary. I don't think it was the scariest thing. I agree with Hush. That's a really great, like Hush, like tonally is is really creepy. They're very, very scary. I think one of the things that stands out about Hush is a lot of times with horror stuff, it's like when you get the flash, it's scary. But when you have long enough to like look at it and you can start deconstructing it, it's not scary anymore. But you can linger on the gentleman and they're they're still fucking scary. Like you don't need just like the flash of like I barely understood what that was. And now my mind is making it scarier than it actually is. Like they're just... Straight up horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The um, I'm I'm glad that we rewatched this episode because I forgot the trio was in this episode and the Warren thing was so subtle. Just like mm-hmm. the the first shot of Joyce, not you know with the demon, is so subtle and then it's like Warren. I like that motherfucker's creepy. They were talking about in the commentary, like yeah, he's just kind of scary like that sometimes <laughs> when he's like in his mode. He's just like oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Standing in the doorway was oh so good. yeah creepy. You filming it must have been weird. felt like the like, Shining. Oh, yes. where you're looking down the hallway and it's like. Oh God! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bad things are happening. It's good. I like, I don't like scary stuff. And I remember watching this alone at night. It, it like really, it, it's, it sets off really well. Okay, now we're really done talking about conversations with dead people. I do hope you join us 
next time for Sleeper, an episode none of us know anything about. So, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it for the first time. Unless, you don't remember anything about it, do you? Nope. Great. No. So please join us next time to talk Someone's about that sleeping. episode of Sleeper. Yeah, I, I think so. I think Spike's the Sleeper, right? Oh, yeah. Or the yeah. Sleeper agent. Yeah, I think so. But we'll talk about that next time. Until then, Stacia, say goodbye. Goodbye. What just happened? I was just thinking about that Riley episode, Secret Agent Boy or whatever, and that this is like Sleeper Agent Boy. (laughs) Stupid. I'm sorry. Goodbye. (laughs) Daniel, say goodbye. You son of a bitch. I think I'm going to podcast just a little bit more than usual. (laughs) Kick to the face. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Have we met before? I don't like it there. Everybody spoke Mexican. I'm done with the mortal coil. Believe me, I'm going for a big Could you even love me? Is it too early to tell? Well, I still care about them. That's why I'm here. When I know to wear me. That it's only I dated that ringworm.